It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we got to make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the mother guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jays Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast Here on the Locked On Podcast Network Thank you for making us part of your daily routine We are here for you, Monday through Friday Your only daily Boston Celtics podcast. We are the Rain and Jays. I am John Corrales from RedsArmy.com, Boston.com, my Patreon, my everything, wherever I'm like in a million places. Sam Jam Packard, formerly of WEI, currently trying to change the world and reform the criminal justice system, also at the game for us as our intrepid Celtics reporter here doing God's work after a 105 87 opening night win. Over the Philadelphia 76ers. Crazy game where Kyrie Irving did not play well, but Jason Tatum did. So did uh, Aaron Baines. So did Al Horford. So did Mook Morris. Lots of stuff to get to. Jam. Samuel Jamison Packard the third. There you go. I was waiting for you to get my real name in there. What's your reaction to tonight's win? Uh, I, my, my biggest reaction to the Knights win is the Celtics' depth is absolutely insane. Yes. Uh, you tell me when Kyrie Irving and Jalen Brown have pretty poor performances and they end up beating a team by 18 points and just have a bunch of other guys step up. There were no real bad lineups. And I, I think my other, my other takeaway from this, this game is the, the 76ers offense is not good. Um, I, I uh, I think there a lot of credit goes to the defense, to the Celtics defense tonight. I think they did a good job, but I just don't know what the, the strategy of the 76ers is on offense. It seems like in transition, Ben Simmons is amazing, but uh, there in the half court, there's really nothing they can do. The Celtics were played amazing defense tonight, uh, limiting the Sixers to only 87 points. And so when you have that kind of depth and you have the, the defense that they have, you can just rely on your other players to, uh, to step up and, and score. And so... Yeah, no, Jason Tatum just had an, an incredible performance, uh, and that's that's all they needed. They needed um, they have basically eight guys, and if any four of them step up in any night and they play some solid defense, they're going to win basketball. Yeah, from the Philadelphia perspective, uh, they, they definitely, I think, I, I feel like people kind of elevated Philadelphia. I, I feel like that they're still probably – going to be the fourth best team in the in the east um i'm definitely not going to overreact to one game in the middle of october but you're, what right. are you talking about our entire purpose is to overreact to one game That's all right this podcast is that's exactly it now but they they definitely i i feel like they, they definitely have more to work out this year than a lot of people 
are admitting coming into the season and they may figure it out, but the key, one of the keys to their team this year, Markel Fultz did not have a good game. All right. He may end up being pretty good this year. I'm certainly not going to make a judgment on Fultz just yet. He played 24 minutes, five points, a minus 16, two of seven shooting, not a great game at all. Just didn't do much. I thought he had actually some moments, I think in the second quarter, uh, where he was the kind of the main, the primary ball handler, and Embiid was having some pick. Him, him and Embiid were running pick and roll, and he had some, I think it's where he scored his, his not that many points, but I thought he was better uh, kind of in the, in the half-court creation than uh, Ben Simmons was, and I think it's like, that's the problem, is like, okay, if you're going to give the ball to Markel Fulton, he's going to be your primary playmaker in the half-court, then you have a complete non-shooter in Ben Simmons on the floor, uh, and then you also have Covington, who sometimes is good and sometimes bad. And Sarich, who didn't have his best game tonight, but there's just not a lot of shooting. They lost Bellinelli, they lost Ilyasova. I just don't know where the shooting comes from this offense. It felt like their entire offense was either JJ Redick off ball, getting him open for threes, or an MB post up. And like we've been talking about, MB post ups don't are not efficient. They're not uh, high percentage shots, and Embiid has really turnover prone. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure. He at least finished with five turnovers tonight. Five. Um, and his post-ups are not that effective. He was not great against Aaron Baines. Uh, Al Horford ended up with five blocks tonight. I'm pretty sure the majority of them came on Joel Embiid. That's just not efficient offense in this game, and it might work out better if Embiid's surrounded by shooters and he can pass out of that. But if he's not, if there's not shooting on the floor, I don't know what the Sixers can do. And so, um, the Celtics play, like, played it, I think, uh, great defense on B. They have uh, really good uh, post defense, especially Horford with all the blocks and Baines. But I don't know what the adjustment is. I mean, maybe maybe Wilson Chandler will come in and change the change it everything for the Sixers. But at this point, it's just they're, they were not great on the offensive. No, yeah, I, I can't imagine Wilson Chandler is going to be that big of a difference. But for Al Horford, I will say tremendous, tremendous defensive uh game for him tonight and early on that I mean he was four of seven tonight for nine points but a lot of that came early on he uh, he had uh three in the first quarter and uh four in the second quarter so he when things weren't kind of working for the Celtics it was Al Horford that kind of carried them and a bunch of those blocks I think came on one possession in the first quarter against Embiid. He probably had like two or three in one possession. So Al Horford against Embiid in the post is very effective. No need to double. And he did a great job. I think, well, Tatum obviously carried the offense early and I got to shout out Aaron Baines right away. Aaron Baines, man, came in and look, the counting numbers don't look necessarily great for like, Eight points. What, what are you talking about? Two of three from two of three. <laughs> I've got two of four. <laughs> that cracks me up. But like, if you just look at the box score and you say, "Oh wow, Joel Embiid had twenty-three points, ten rebounds, couple of assists, a couple of blocks. It's a great, it's a great game. He's going to put up big fantasy numbers. The five turnovers, yeah, uh, you know, and he shot forty-three percent. It's like, eh, all right, but he had a good game." I don't look at tonight's game as Joel Embiid having a good game. I feel like he was outplayed by the combination of Al Horford and Aaron Baines. 
And numbers be damned, at no point did I feel like Embiid was taking over. At no feel, and at no point did I feel like, oh my god, Embiid is a problem. It felt like he got a couple of shots off. He hit a couple of threes. Uh, did he hit a couple of threes? He hit. Yeah, he hit one or two. He hit one. He hit one. But you live with any three that Embiid. Attempts. That's fine. He's he's like, he's going to be like a thirty percent three point shooter and. We're going to celebrate Aaron Baines hitting two of four. I think he ends up not being a great three-point shooter. But, man. No, but I love his quick triggers. How about triggers. Aaron see, Baines see putting up someone four. just is willing to shoot? Yeah, I love his willingness to shoot. It's that so un- uncowardly. Wild. It is wild. Neither team shot well tonight. But the Celtics had enough guys that were putting – they put up 97 field goal attempts. That is huge. That is amazing to me. I didn't like all of them. There were a lot of possessions where it was too individual. I think down the stretch, there was that one shot where Jason Tatum dribbled a lot and he banked a shot over Embiid. I definitely don't think he was trying to bank that in. There's oh, no. <laughs> no chance he was trying to bank that in. It went in and he gave Embiid the wink, which was hilarious, but that was a bad, bad possession. I don't care that it went in. That was I love I, I love the Celtics trying to be like mental alphas and like stare down Embiid after Jalen Brown had like the weirdest dunk slam. Oh my ever. god, that was awesome! <laughs> oh, but it was like it it like in the blink of an eye, it felt like he just absolutely posterized Embiid, and he acted like he posterized Embiid. But it just no, it was just a, a kind of a bizarre thing. And then Tatum did the same thing. But I'm all for taunting Joel Embiid because that's like he talks a lot of smack. But absolutely, I think getting back to the to the first half. Tatum's the one who really carried the offense, um, scored 13 points. Uh, I think he, um, in the first quarter, he had nine of the, or he had seven of his team's first nine points. Uh, yep. The thing that impressed me most about Tatum um, in kind of his difference from last year, we know he's a great one-on-one player. We can clearly see that he worked out with Kobe this offseason, and he's, he's a fan of the long twos. But the things that I was most impressed with is his finishing around the rim. You could kind of see... Um, he put on eight pounds in the offseason, um, and I kind of made fun of him for noting that eight pounds. But it did seem like he was stronger and a little bit better finishing around the rim, and that's where some of his more impressive baskets came, and that's where he really carried the team and kind of getting out in transition, he had some, uh, one really cool Euro step, um, finish and one, and so, um, I think that's where he was the most impressive, but it, early on, as the Celtic, early on is a real crappy game on off, um, both ends of the court offensively, but, we see Tatum take over a little bit, and then the Celtics really seem to pull away. Um, really, at the start of the fourth quarter, where they got, uh, they actually had some ball movement, they had some uh, some paint touches, um, and so if their defense can kind of hold teams down, and they just get like chances for these these bursts uh, either late in the game or some point during the game, I think they're gonna have a lot of success. Yes, uh, I agree, and uh, I think that uh, look the Celtics. I think their depth was on display tonight, and we'll talk about the depth after I talk to you about the Lockdown NBA podcast, which is I'm about to, after we're done here, I'm going to go host the Lockdown NBA podcast and talk about this game and the Warriors in Oklahoma City Thunder, which is going on, and it'll be going on as soon as we wrap up the show, so I'm going to dive into that. Subscribe to Lockdown NBA because we are here for you Monday through Friday as well. 
uh, me, Jake Madison, and we've got some special things coming up, some uh, national members of the media that are going to be joining us on a regular basis. So it's definitely worth your while to subscribe to the Locked on NBA podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, go Locked on NBA or ask your smart speaker to play Locked on NBA. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, bench with attitude in effect. Early on, I joked about them being the bench without aptitude because in the second quarter, they they kind of sucked. But they, it turned around mostly because Mark Marcus Morris went off and carried the Celtics in the third quarter. Overall, here are Marcus Morris's numbers. 7 of 12 shooting, 16 points, 10 rebounds, 2 steals. A hell of a night for him. In the third quarter, he was 4 of 4 with 8 points, 3 rebounds. And Brad Stevens said of him after the game, when you look at the roster, everyone brings great strengths to the table. Everybody has to do their roles exceptionally well. But we're asking more of Marcus Morris than we are of a lot of guys. He's a guy that could be playing 32, 34 minutes a night and starting – I couldn't appreciate a a guy more than I appreciate him because he's the one that has really, right from the get-go, he's played like he's completely unaffected by the role. So Brad coming out, singing the praises post-game of Marcus Morris, Mook's the guy that kind of had a big night, and I think not only are we going to sing the praises of Marcus Morris having a big night, I like that Brad Stevens is really focusing on him and really focusing on Terry Rozier, making sure they both know that they are loved for what they do because those two guys were being asked to sacrifice the most. Yeah, I don't think it was any surprise that those were the first two guys off the bench, and um, they both did their job of, of scoring basically in isolation. I, uh, when the offense got stagnant, you can go to Iso Mook, and he's going to get you buckets. And so he did really carry them. I thought it was interesting just kind of the lineups. Um, the bench did struggle 
in that second quarter when it was kind of an entire bench lineup and Jason Tatum, but I think the lineup that I thought was uh, pretty effective um, was Tatum, uh, Hayward, and then um, Terry, Marcus Smart, and then sometimes Mook, sometimes uh, Aaron Baines, and then a little late in the game is uh, Daniel Tice. But that that lineup proved to be pretty dynamic, and you're right, Mook uh, got buckets. Uh, Terry Rozier had some nice threes, actually, in the three at the end to, to seal it, but I thought that's how crazy their, their depth is, is because they can bring in a, do all these different, um, matchups. And, um, when the, when the offense isn't, isn't going, you can turn to Terry and he can find his own shot. He made Joel Embiid look silly, uh, on one play in the first half. And then Mook is just gonna, he's gonna knock down mid ranges and he's gonna knock down threes. And so, um, I thought they were, uh, it was a good unit. And then especially playing with, uh, Tatum and Hayward. I think Hayward is, he's clearly not back physically, but you can see he's, He's smart. He like just knows where to be on defense. He knows like he's making the right passes. He knows he's uh, making the right cuts. Um, it was cool, a, a good debut from him. He didn't have like the best stats in terms of shooting, but if they're going to give him the mid-range pull-ups, I'm, I was very happy to see him be aggressive and try to take it. Um, but you can still see he just doesn't have that that same lift or explosion when he's going towards the rim, and so that's where he really struggled tonight. But you like. I was generally impressed by his performance and just like his basketball IQ. Yeah, he is a very smart player. Uh, we saw him making some great plays. Um, I thought he showed uh, exceptional uh, defensive IQ out there. He made some really great steals. Uh, let me look up his steal numbers real quick for the total for the game for uh, Gordon Hayward. Four steals. He led the Celtics with four steals. I didn't even realize that he led the Celtics with four steals until I just looked it up. And it feels right because he was making plays, and not just making plays. He was waiting for guys to post him up, and almost like he was baiting the post up. And then coming around, he would back up and quickly come around, anticipating the entry pass and tipping it away or making the flat-out steal. I mean, he was positionally great. Uh, oh, man, who are we, who do we used to love about great positional defense? Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk, yeah. The Kelly Olynyk. Man, I guess I guess it's the uh, the white guy position, great positional defense award that uh, – Gordon Hayward's going to win. He is. He was in great positions to make plays for the Celtics tonight, and I think that that showed. Uh, somebody, uh, Kelly Scaletta retweeted me. Said, "Basketball IQ doesn't doesn't get rusty," and that's true. So I think Hayward showed. He, he hit a few mid range jumpers. He clearly has no explosion. Clearly, and I hope that comes back. I think it will come back. But he did a lot of the little things. And the note that I wrote for myself, he was doing a lot of well-timed things. So his brain is clearly working very well. As a, and, and hopefully it will work well enough to make up for what his body isn't giving him just yet. Yeah, and then I, another thing on his defense is he, he, he mentioned kind of his, his good post-play, his post-positioning. Uh, but he also is athletic enough. There was a where he can switch out on the post and he, he shut down Markel Fultz for, uh, one possession leading to just like an end of shot clock jumper. So his, it's that versatility and positional defense that I thought was impressive. Now, the thing that was interesting and it was, um, I thought it was a really good adjustment by Brad was actually he went away from Hayward to start the second half. He brought in Baines. Um, 
and then because of that, it, it allowed Horford to, uh, to guard Simmons. And then because Embiid was on Baines, they immediately went to Horford twice to start the uh, half, and it led with a Horford assist to Baines and then a Horford like easy 18-footer. And so I just thought it was a, a cool adjustment and something that we Brad clearly doesn't care about like your pedigree or your like yeah, legacy. Yeah. I think we saw the same thing with uh, Terry and Marcus Smart finishing the game instead of um, Kyrie and Jalen Brown. He's going to go with what works. Uh, and clearly, Kyrie and Jalen didn't really have it tonight, and so um, I just thought it was interesting that Brad is Brad is doing what he can to win games, and really all of these players are interchangeable. And I thought that the halftime adjustment and then those two guys finishing um, instead of the starters. Just shows that Brad, it's like, where, like, it's basically playing the hot hand or playing the matchups. And yeah. Brad, I have a complete faith in Brad to kind of like figure that out as the, as the game goes on. It's like what five guys will work the best. Yeah. And I, I think that Kyrie at some point realized like he just didn't have it and he wasn't going to make a big stink of it. I, I'd love to go back and look at it and see if he actually, you know, kind of took himself out of the game. But look, that's the team that the Celtics have that Kyrie can be like, you know what? I don't have it. We're playing better without me. Go ahead and play without me. Um, I thought that after he hit a couple of free throws in the third quarter that he would start to find it. And he actually hit his next three afterwards. And I was, like, getting ready to start to brag on Twitter because, like I said, when you are when you don't have a, a, a good night going and you hit a couple of free throws, that could be the thing that gets you going. He hit his next three, and it felt like, oh, that's going to be the thing that got him going. And then he just, he just never – it never clicked. Whatever, that's fine. On a night like tonight where other players can step up, uh, that's fine. And look, the the great thing about this game to me, these guys, look, 17 shots for Tatum, 23 points on 17 shots. Hayward only took 12 shots. Brown, 13. Kyrie, 14. Morris, 12. Rozier, 10. Nobody really forced it. Even Aaron Baines, 3 of 7, 2 of 4 from 3. <laughs> this is going to crack me up forever. Um the only the only player that really well two players forced it Jalen Brown to a degree but Kyrie definitely was forcing shots trying to find himself fine Kyrie when you're a superstar that gets buckets you can force it a little bit to find your shot Jalen Brown I think a lot of those uh, eight misses were blocks and some the, of the thing about Jalen Brown's like uh, he was aggressive and serious like there was. When he hit his first three, he like clearly felt it and was frustrated and then came back down and really uh, tried to force the ball to the middle and got an and one. But um, interestingly like, enough, just looking back at my notes, at the start of the fourth quarter, the, the lineup was Jalen, Kyrie, Terry, Baines, and Mook. And that's when the, the Celtics scored, like I think it was 10 points in three minutes, and the, it was the best their offense looked the entire night. I thought Jalen Brown, although he did not have the best game in terms of just putting up sheer points, he did a good job, and maybe this is something he's worked on. Of he's very good at getting in the lane, but today instead of kind of like putting up weak shots, I think he did a good job of uh, finding guys on the perimeter and getting it back out. And that that one possession that is like the perfect example of uh, what I what we're collectively calling erotic city is it was Jalen driving in to Terry to Kyrie to Aaron Baines back to Kyrie. And it was great ball movement all started by Jalen Brown attacking the paint and then getting the ball back out. I think, like, so even though Jalen and Kyrie didn't have the best, um, I guess, scoring performances, I still think they were pretty effective on offense and, and were great with the ball movement. So even when they're bad, they're good. 
yeah, <laughs> this is look, this is the beginning of a very long season and there's a lot to work out. Kyrie will be better. And if Kyrie is better, then will he take more shots? Who knows? But th- this is the exact type of distribution that I love. It didn't feel like anybody was dominating. Uh, even Tatum, who had 23, like we said, didn't feel like he was going too uh, out of control. Nobody played more than 29 minutes. No one took more than 17 shots. The Celtics. It was a it was a Brad classic with five guys in double figures. Yep. Ninety, like I said, 97 field goal attempts is amazing. Remember, last year the NBA leader was somewhere in the the 88, 89 range. So to put up 90 plus shots in a game is great. The Celtics, to me now, all you got to improve is some of the shot selection. I still think they've got to do what like we were talking about uh, earlier in the preseason and what I wrote about on my Patreon, shameless plug, patreon.com slash John Corrales, only two bucks a month to get this kind of stuff, is the side-to-side movement where you continue to get the defense to make mistakes and get better shots. You can still sacrifice a few of those shots and get it to 92, 93, or 90, or whatever, if you get better shots, you can get you know better results. But they still put up 105 points. Not much more that you can ask from a team. If you put up 105 points, that's that's going to win you a bunch of games, especially when you hold the other team to 87. Celtics defense looked great. Well, not great, but great compared to what we saw in the preseason. Yeah, and it's hard to tell. It's going to be very interesting to see how they play against the Raptors on Friday because I can't tell how much of it was the good Celtics defense, the league's best uh, defense last year, or is just bad 76ers offense. But uh, that's why you play more games. But um, I think it's a, a very solid uh, performance from the Celtics. And they guys then, man, they, they, only, they have so many things they can improve upon. So um, only where to go from here is up. Okay, before we get on to hashtags and wrapping up the show, I'd like to point everyone to the special at Locked On NBA Net Twitter account. Okay, we've created the ultimate NBA Twitter feed at Locked On NBA Net is now all of the Locked On local experts on one feed. Every team is covered. Every local angle is covered. It is the ultimate Twitter follow. For an NBA fan, local experts on every team, one Twitter feed at Locked On NBA Net. Follow at Locked On NBA Net to get the ultimate NBA Twitter. Okay, let's head over to our Twitter and the hashtag Rain and Jays Rain and Junk to get a few other opinions. Uh, let's just roll through these real quick. Uh, at Ball and Opinions, Celtics win by 18. They're chasing Banner 18. It's 2018. It's it, a sign. It's confirmed. Stars are aligning for Erotic City and BWA to win it all. That's Well, he used both hashtags. I should have used that for Rain and Junk. But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. We uh, still have room to improve, too. Uh, at Life of Cahill, I'm watching this game and thinking, man, I love this team. I want everyone's jersey from Kyrie to Tatum to Mukunyabu. Going to be a great year. At Robert Denton, it's me, it's Morris. My ball's down to me ankles. I'm shooting the shit. Oh, man. Uh, Gotta love ISO Mook. uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, At R Emery 89, Celtics depth 
is relentless. Baines ball faking, hitting Kyrie for an easy two. They're just going to wear teams out without playing anyone more than 30. Now, of course, it's early. That's going to change as the season goes on. But shout out to you, Scary Rob, for, or actually he puts a scary Rob. I don't know if that's an accident or if he's just got a lot of scars. <laughs> Maybe he's just a knife fight kind of guy. But regardless, that's a, that's a great play to bring up that I think because Aaron Baines was hitting threes and shooting threes that he was able to draw the defender out and he had a great pass to Kyrie Irving cutting to the rim for the basket. That's a beautiful play. That might be one of the plays of the night from from Aaron Baines. Oh, it was fantastic. That's that's vintage erotic city right there. And so, um, yeah, shouts to uh, Scary Rob for pointing that out. <laughs> Scary Rob. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, at Sleeping Turtle, how does Tatum have the worst plus minus but playing so well? Uh, well, I guess that was maybe sent earlier. Plus minus is an imperfect statistic where plus minus only makes sense when it's Marcus Smart and describes his impact on winning. Yeah, you, you plus minus is something that we mention, and uh, I admit I have a, a little bit of a bad habit. You 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 can't just rely on that for everything. It either feels right or doesn't feel right. It's hard to hard to kind of point it out. Uh, you look at. These plus minus, like Terry Rozier was a plus twenty two. I don't, I don't think he had a plus twenty two point impact on the game, but it does, it does give some indication about what happened. So if you really watch the game closely, why is Jason Tatum only a plus six? Well, it's because Jason Tatum was out there in the second quarter with most of the bench unit when Philly made their run, so he was still playing well. That's not a particular point in the game where he played well necessarily, and the rest of the team didn't play well, and Philly made it close. That was a, a uh, not the best time for him to be out on the floor. Okay, what does that mean? Not a ton. He still played well, but that explains his plus minus. So that's how that works. You know, it's not always, it's not always going to be perfect. Uh, let's get back to the rain Jays hashtag, uh, at Rifecy Mook delivering that BWA tonight. Uh, Markel, <laughs> at, this should be a rain and junk. I'm going to use this to transition into <laughs> rain and junk, but at G Yab, uh, I'm not even going to spell it out. Markel Fultz looks like a lost member of Criss Cross. And, like, <laughs> seriously, looks exactly like one of the members of Criss Cross. So. Daddy Mac or the Mac Daddy? Which uh, member of Criss Cross? Forget. I just wanted to flex and say, because uh, I remember the members of both names, of, but the, they're, they're identical in my book. The Miggity Miggity Mac Daddy? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> Uh, let's hashtag rain and junk. Uh, let you want to do this one or you want me to do this before we head into the junk drawer? Sure. Um, we got from J T A Adams, four, two, three. Baines is the Aussiest of the NBA Aussies. It goes Baines, Ingles, Patty Mills, Deli, Ben Simmons. <laughs> Strong agree. Um, from Brandon Hunt, Reg, Reggie Miller just called Tatum a flower in full bloom, and uh, he says Taco J would have sufficed. I'm all for that. Um, this is a big one from uh, our girl Tania Sundra all the way down under. Um, it's really that the sneakers uh, with suit look that Brad was wearing that will make him coach of the year. I Shout noticed Brad that. Brad Stevens for rocking some, I don't know what shoes they were, but that was very, 
that's casual Stevens right there. No tie, some some Air Force Ones it looked like. I, it was it was cool. I did not expect to see that uh, at all. Yeah, I thought that was that was kind of funny. Like I all of a sudden I looked in the sidelines, I'm like, huh, those look like sneakers. I got to get a better idea, but yeah, I like it. And I didn't even notice this, but Al Horford apparently is back flinching at free throws, and many people mentioned that. So I saw that. Yeah. Eh, whatever. <laughs> um. All right, we ready for the full? Ri- this is a plenty of junk in this junk drawer. Um. Starting off, there's a lot of pregame junk. Uh, Kyrie Irving showing up as Little Mountain, uh, with the feather in his cap, and by cap I mean ear, was just a. Uh, I thought it was going to be an all-time look, and then bam, Marcus Smart walks in with like a Versace robe. Uh, oh my God, Marcus Smart looked damn cool. Um, and we didn't even talk. about in tonight's game whatsoever, but that Marcus Smart outfit was something else. I just saw actually saw him on the court wearing the robe. Um, I think Tom Westrom tweeted out pictures of his shoes. Yeah, uh, he came to work today, and uh, it was awesome. It was badass. Jay King actually on the Athletic said that uh, he had a great quote. I don't know if you saw it, but he had a great quote from Marcus Smart about the the outfit, and he said it was because of his mom, and he said something to the effect of. Uh, his mom always, oh, God damn, I got to look it up. But something like his mom always called him like her king or something like that. And he felt like yeah. he felt like he had to dress like one tonight. So it was like, that was very touching. And so it's on, it's on Jay King's Twitter. So you get the exact quote and it's on The Athletic. You can check that out or subscribe to The Athletic. But yeah, it's really cool. And that was All a right. hell of an outfit. It was fantastic. Um, you know it wouldn't be a junk drawer without a mention of the Lemon Party, uh, also from uh, Jake King. Ah, boo. <laughs> apparently, Walt Lemon is just roasting all the, the entire team uh, in the locker room pregame, so shouts to Walt Lemon. Um, uh, there was some – so I'm, well, I was up in the up in the balcony, and I could hear every time Ben Simmons got the ball, uh, some – it wasn't collective uh, shoots, but you could just hear some random people yelling, shoot. And that's just clap that Um It was good, great stuff. Uh, he's actually, he was damn good tonight. Ben Simmons had, uh, in transition, he has some insane vision and actually had some crazy passes tonight, but his shot is, uh, broken. I, like, I kind of understand why he doesn't shoot threes because he doesn't, his shot, like, from the paint is pretty ugly. Uh, he only seems to be good when he finishes with his right hand, shots Kevin O'Connor. <laughs> holding fast to that and i agree a thousand percent but um it was some some good moments tonight with the the shoot shoot uh for ben simmons it wasn't the wasn't the entire stadium but i thought it uh i thought it was well um more simmons he got shut down on the rim and then smart had a crazy outlet pass that led to uh jalen throwing probably one of the worst lobs to terry rozier that he somehow finished and it was just like oh terry uh that this is what this what happens when you when Terrible lobs happened, so I thought that was mildly humorous. That was um, funny. Speaking of uh, just uh, old Celtics tropes, the smart uh, Al Horford pick and roll back. We saw a nice little alley-oop there. Enjoyed that. Um, cool uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. chant. Like, it was actually very cool in the crowd because you could like tell a bunch of people or most of the crowd had like updates on their phones or something. So there was just like, a general cheer right after Jackie Bradley Jr. hit a grand slam. And then it got a little bit louder, and then eventually the Celtics actually played the highlight on the uh, on the jumbotron, and then there was a full JBJ chant. But I thought that was like a cool moment. It was just a unity in, in Boston sports, which you always see. Julian Edelman was here. Gucci Mane was here. Uh, uh, 
didn't even have that in my junk drawer, but he was there too. So I thought that was a cool moment. Um, more Ben Simmons. Uh, at the end of the first quarter, he he had a heave, and I thought that would have been perfect, but it ended up uh, not even counting, which just falls with his cowardice. He Can just I didn't just, want it to count. I I am so damn sick of these players. You talk about cowards. So many NBA players, they wait till the buzzer sounds before they put that heave up. Go ahead and heave it. No one cares. That one percentage, he just doesn't want that percentage. He doesn't want that one miss on his shot, on on his uh, on his stats. But players oh, do you that think all it's the gonna, time. Oh, I hate You think that. it's going to ruin his three-point percentage? Seriously, right? Like, it, well, for him it will because he'll only take two more the rest of the season. So that has a big impact. I hate players who wait till after the – just heave it. Just throw it up there. What if it goes in? It's almost, if there's one word to describe it, it's escaping me right now, but it's like he was almost scared to do something. Mm. More, more Ben Simmons and his, uh, cowardice. I didn't realize this is such a Simmons, uh, centric junk drawer, but he blatantly just shoved Jason Tatum in the oh back. Oh my uh, on a, God, I hated that play. On the, le- on that dunk attempt, and Tatum was immediately furious, and so was Brad from the sideline. I didn't really notice it until you posted that replay, but that's just, that's not, Cool. Don't no. do that. That's J.R. Smith's title. I stuff. hate that play. And people, some people came back at me on Twitter. And I don't care. You call me whatever you want. That's a play where people get hurt. And it doesn't take much. And you have to understand how little it takes that he um, would be so. I'm so mad that just the fact that. You're a basketball player, and you know when you're running like that, and any little thing that you do to push a guy from behind can alter what he has in his head calculated. I'm jumping. I know I'm going to land here. If you push him and he lands further along, if you do it just enough, he could land in the stanchion. He could land on somebody's foot. He just bothers me so much. Because guys get seriously hurt like that, and I just hate seeing it. Anyway. Yeah, it was uh, it was pushed. Um, wrapping it up here, gotta give a big shout out to Amir Johnson, the big dog, who had a posterizing dunk, and I didn't know his ankles could do that anymore. And I've always got love for the big dog, so shouts to Amir Johnson for that. Um, shouts to Lil Funk for being the best dance crew in the city of Boston, and then finally, huge shout out to Jack Michael, uh, inventor of the shoot a three coward meme. He goes up during halftime, introduces himself to Jay King, and as he just goes, hey, I'm Jack, the Jack, and <laughs> Jay King immediately knew, knew who he was, and that's just like an all-time flex. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> um, my, my one addition to the junk drawer was I loved, I loved Al Horford celebrating the Aaron Baines three before it went through the hoop. That was, that was a boss move. Al Horford just knows good basketball, and that was an open three, and he should have taken it. Yes, absolutely. All right, that's it. Let's wrap it up there. Celtics win 105-87. We're back tomorrow with another Locked On Celtics podcast. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. This is going to be one hell of a season, and this is going to be one hell of a podcast Monday through Friday. We're going to do this every post game, and pretty soon in like a couple of weeks, we're going to start doing this. We're going to be in the same room together. Sam, so I'll get to hear all this background noise behind me just like it's behind you. So that is going to be fun. But we'll be doing this in the same place. It'll be fun to be at the games. 
So subscribe to the podcast. Search for Lockdown Celtics wherever you get your podcast. If you are a subscriber, that five-star rating, that good review goes a long way to helping us out. And sharing the podcast helps us out a lot. I've seen a lot of you do it on the on Twitter. I love it. Keep on doing it. It helps us out a great deal. You don't know how much it does and how much we love you for it. Share the podcast. Tell everybody, listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.